got this timer my brain is just like, okay let's get the show on the road right Good everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, joined in studio by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Do you ever have a tag in the back of your pants and itches your butt cheek and it's really irritating? Yes, all the time. God, that's Tags are right the now. worst. Hello, friends. And Christine Steimer is here. Hi. I'm so glad you guys are here. Why don't you just move to the Bay? Or you could move to L.A. I know. I'm working on it. Slowly but surely, I'm going to come back to Southern California where the sun never sets. Hmm. It 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 does. does. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, you know, having having a moment. It is is wonderful weather for the most part. I enjoy it very much. Um, it's been a wonderful week so far. We did our fantastic Patreon happy hour Q&A and the return of the after hour stream yesterday. And boy, oh boy, oh man, was it one for the books. In the words of Andrea Bernoy, things got lit. <laughs> they certainly did. Wait. Well, we started off the day by shooting our December secret segment for the Assassin's Creed wine collection mm. which of course if you are interested in watching our assassin's creed wine tasting patreon.com slash what's good games you can still get in on that secret segment here or um up your pledge if you're already at the one dollar tier um so we started off you know doing a little wine tasting mm-hmm. went straight mm-hmm. into the happy hour q a with my special holiday drink which we still haven't come up with a name i mean yet. i have my name for no, it but we're no not calling it that. no bernie's name is not only not safe for work it's just highly inappropriate it's true um but you can watch it on my Instagram story. Um, I'll try to save it before I forget. That's Don't a thing you can forget. do, right? Yes. You can save the story. Uh, yeah. I think it automatically you can does download. It. No, yeah. it doesn't automatically do it. You have to hit the download button. I think you can put a setting. Oh, that's for brand pages. Is it media? Anyway, social media. Nerdy social media. It's a thing. It's a thing. You know, it, it was, was really delicious. Good. Yeah. And then we started to play Human Fall Flat in the after hour <laughs> stream. And that's when things just completely came unhinged. <gasps> that was really fun. I was, I was. drunk yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just in general, we just started drinking in the afternoon and did not stop. After the wine, we just kept going, and so I was like, "All right, doing all this shit, super drunk." But it was, you know, all about the content. That hashtag content. Yep, that was the plan. Yep, um, it was a lot of fun. So if you guys ever want to get in and join us in that fun, in that revelry, patreon.com slash What's Good Games. Um, we are going to be talking about some stuff from last week on the show today. Of course, the Game Awards happened. And the Gamers' Choice Awards happen. Probably not going to be talking about those because they were really just kind of what's the word? I'm dumpster looking for? fire. Yeah, That's dumpster a good fire. Word. Good set of Cringy. words. Makes you clench not a good way. Yeah, yeah. I, it just should never have happened. What's it a good should have died in a fire. Um, a good clench <laughs> is when you're excited for something and you clench. A bad okay. clench is like when something. Ooh, I yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, and okay. a bad clench is like, oh no, this is so bad. Everything needs to stay inside my body, or I'm going to shit out because I'm so sad. I've never okay. 
Cool. Yep, I'm with you, Simon. This is a new experience for me as well. I'm here. I haven't to heard about this, but that's okay. Mm. All good. Um, but where am I transitioning to here? Uh, I have something in my notes. No, yeah. I don't. It's not there. The housekeeping is done. Um, do we have any other items that we need to talk about from from mm. from what happened this week? I don't think so. No. Rob's beard. It's just kind of that time of My year beard. where everyone's just in that holiday spirit and it's... This is a slower time of year, yeah, which like is what I appreciate. Yeah, it's like the senior You know when yeah. you're a senior in high school or maybe even college, you only have like maybe 15 or 16 days to go and you're just counting those days down. And right now it's just kind of like, let's just coast. We're having a good it's time. True. We're going to put in the good work, but it's just, you know, everyone's just kind of chill. Yeah. Everyone's taking a huge muscle relaxer right now. Not only that, because it gets dark out, I feel like everybody's just so much more tired this time of year. Mm-hmm. Right? They're We're just approaching like, the eh. longest uh, yeah. the longest night of the year. Yeah. 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 So I feel like this is just the time where we should be hibernating if we were those types of creatures, but we do not. You I mean, should. I still eat like I'm hibernating. That's okay, Dude, right? Too. <laughs> those pants are starting to get real tight. I know. So good. It's fine. All right. Well, we, let's get into some news then. This week, we have two fantastic sponsors on the podcast. We've got Stamps.com and Bespoke Post, which we will talk about later. But right now, uh, let's chat a little bit about Stamps.com. So we've talked to you guys about them before on the show. And in case you didn't know, in an always online world... You can get practically everything on demand, particularly this time of year. Your favorite movies, your games, your food, even the show is on demand. And isn't it nice to listen to us whenever you want, when it's convenient for you? Well, did you know you can also get postage on demand? All you need is stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can get access all the services of the post office right from your desk or even your couch. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package, all available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click print mail and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale so you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. We are guilty of overpaying for postage here at What's Good Games. We, of course, are shipping things and going to the post office several times a month for those awesome Patreon rewards, but definitely have overspent on postage for sure. You can avoid that if you get your own digital scale from stamps.com. Skip the line and print at home. Right now, you guys can use code WGG for a special offer. You get a four-week trial, which includes postage and that digital scale. Go to stamps.com, and you'll see a little radio microphone at the top of the homepage. You're going to click on that and then type in WGG. Again, that's stamps.com. Click on that microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Enter WGG to get started with your trial today. Save yourself some time. Skip the line and go to stamps.com. Yeah. All right. Let's start the news segment off with recapping some of our highlights from the Game Awards. So, Steimer, you helped put some of this together. And the first thing, of course, on this list, New Dragon oh. Age. Oh, so we knew that Bioware was going to announce something. They teased it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was happening sometime in December. And, of course, no surprise, it shows up at the Game Awards. Um, and this little write-up, which came They're from, all from the same. They're all from Polygon. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Polygon.com. It's been a long winter for Dragon Age fans, but the first signs of spring might just be showing. Bioware has revealed a teaser for the Dragon Age game. And it is confirmed. Mark Dara, um, executive producer over at Bioware, did confirm it's Dragon Age 4. Um, with a slow pan over Red Lyrium Idol, the trailer fades to the franchise's now characteristic tarot card-esque art. The teaser played some infamous lines of dialogue from Dragon Age Inquisition's companion character, Solas, in the game's final story-focused DLC. Quote, So you found me at last. 
I suspect you have questions. Yes, we do, Mr. Egg. Yes. And that, I think that is a line directly from uh, Trespasser DLC. But, yes. But the way, the voice is different. So like the voice completely threw me off when I listened to this trailer at first. Mm-hmm. And I thought at first that it was just because I was listening to it in a very loud arena trying to like hide in a bathroom and listen to this because <laughs> I was working in an event. I wasn't at the Game Awards. And so, but I'm like texting Brittany and Andrew. I'm like, what is going on? Is that Solus? His voice sounds different. What's happening? And you're like, I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it has been confirmed that that is Solus. It is the same voice actor. Um, it just sounds different. And so what I did today, this morning, is I went back to Dragon Age 2 because mm-hmm. um, the Lyrium idol that you see is the same from from Dragon Age 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I watched the ending scene. I'm going to spoilers, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. It's an old game. Uh, Meredith, the, what is her title? Oh, command. She's commander of like the Templars. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Knight commander. Knight commander. Meredith. That sounds right. And she goes crazy because she makes a sword out of red lyrium because she's stupid. Yeah. And then when she like more, like as she's morphing into like this thing, um, her voice changes. It doesn't sound exactly the way Solstice does, but it does. There's definitely an effect. (laughs) on the voice so i think what you have mentioned of like solus trying to use the red lyrium to boost his power might mm-hmm. be true but i think because he's technically an old god it will probably go better for him than it did for mortal night mortal Meredith. yeah and so when this trailer or teaser i guess is what you would call it rev- premiered andrew was like what's the big deal and for a lot of people who don't know you have to be balls deep into the dragon age lord to kind of understand the significance of what's happening there so I have the the thingy up, and I'm looking at it right now, just like that main picture of the dread wolf and that lyrium idol in the middle. Idol. So yeah, the lyrium idol is in the middle. Next time I was saying it's it's red lyrium. It's like this thing that makes people go crazy and gives you lots of power. And if you look, it looks like it's it's in a circle, and that circle has cracks in it in the top right corner. And so we know from Trespasser that Solus wants to just dis- doesn't go all over your head. Solus wants to design. Dis- yeah, I know. Yeah. Solus wants to destroy the veil because he's the veil one- key is what is keeping. Uh, what do they call the other realm? Technically, fade the fade from a sort of Earth, whatever. Like the immortal world, so it keeps the two apart. Right. So Solus erected the veil in the beginning, and then he was like, "Oh, this didn't go very well," and so now he wants to tear it back down because doing that will chaos will happen, and he wants the world to burn literally, and then he wants to restore the glory days of the elves. So if you look, this is all fan speculation, by the way. So that looks like it's cracked, which is what we know Solus wants to do. Also, around that circle, there are seven little symbols, and there are two of them that are not great. Yeah, Yeah. they're not grayed out. And in all Dragon Age lore so far, we've had five blights with the arch. And so that we have two more old gods that haven't been awakened as an arch demon. To back up, a blight (laughs) is... When one of the old gods is sort of res- resurrected in a way that they, by the dark spawn they're tainted, right? yeah, by the dark spawn, and they become an arch demon, which is the form of a giant dragon. Which is what if you play Dragon Age Origins at the yeah. very end, you are fighting an arch demon, technically an old god, mm-hmm. um, and you have to either uh, sacrifice yourself or one of the other great temp or no, wow, great, great templars, great wardens. Wow, brain, <laughs> uh, great wardens needs to be one to kill it. Because you have the dark spawn like blood in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because it, I would like to see us go back to the Blights from Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this would be a good game to reintroduce characters like Fenris because he is an elf and he hates mages and a Solus destroys the the um, 
oh gosh, with the, the veil. veil. He'll turn into a mate. Well, he'll, he'll have his, all his magical powers. Be like, ah, oh, what's happening? Anyway, we're nerding out a little too heavy about this, but we're again, very excited. We're very excited. <laughs> and so, yeah, if, if you don't know the lore and the history of this, you know, and you haven't spent too many hours of your life dedicated to learning it, you're probably like, what's the big deal? But it's the Dread Wolf. Solus did you real dirty. He's basically saying, like, I'm going to destroy the world. It's happening. I'm sorry. If you're not an elf, you're just screwed. And bye forever. Even I feel like if you are, an I elf, think you're yeah, kind of screwed. Like he'll probably wipe out the current, wiping everything out, yeah. um, and starting over. Yeah, oh, it's gonna which be so- might be a good transition into Far Cry. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Take it away. Uh, I, I don't have the show notes, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I do know that they announced Far Cry New Dawn, and there's, I mean, they spoiled this on stage. So like, I was really kind of perturbed about that, which was. Maybe me just being upset for no reason, but they spoiled the ending of Far Cry 5 like on stage while they were announcing Far Cry New Dawn. It's not even a year old yet. Yeah, it's not. It came out in March. Yeah. like mm-hmm. you're, So I thought that was super. I mean, I didn't again. I did not watch this part live. But when I was talking to you, I was like, that is kind of weird. But also, why did they why did they need to announce this now? I think they're making too many Far Cries. I'm just going to say it. Whoa down yeah i think announcing a new far cry in the same year that you've released Released a far Far cry Cry is a little (laughs) aggressive and this is what happened to assassin's creed and why they slowed that franchise down and said hey we need to take some more time to really refocus on this franchise and not to say that far cry 5 was bad Mm -mm. but it was super samey right like if you look at everything that is like the pillars of a far cry game It was just like reskin. Did they add some interesting elements? Yes. But did they do anything innovative? No. Peaches and cheeseburger were the best part of the game. The rest of it was yeah, it was just like basic ass. <laughs> but the new one has cry. Timber the Warthog. I did see the war. He was very cute, or the boar, or whatever he and is. I but yeah, he was. I, as you pet him, I'm like, oh, I giving you a little no, boar. No, to release this game in February, it's like, do you know how strong January and February already is? And I understand they're releasing it for forty dollars, but this is a game like I had fun with Far Cry Five. This is Far Cry New Dawn is something I would like to play, but it's just it's not going to be on top of my priority list anytime soon. And it just I don't. The other okay, I guess to back up, I guess we're going to just talk about spoilers. Yeah, because, let like, me it's, let me read the little blurb yeah. here really quick. So it says taking place seventeen years after the events of Far Cry Five, New Dawn appears to be set in the post nuclear wasteland. Unlike most of the past Far Cry games, New Dawn appears to give players makeshift weapons like CO two powered crossbows that shoot saw blades. While the game's exact plot is still unclear, according to details we know, players and their co op allies will be tasked with leading a band of survivors against a group of evil marauding highwaymen as well as trying to survive against a variety of mutated creatures. The trailer also features a very brief glimpse of Far Cry 5's principal villain, the cult leader Joseph Seed, though it's not clear how he fits into the story of New Dawn. The game appears to be a smaller-scale, standalone spin-off, similar to Far Cry 3's Blood Dragon. According to the Amazon pre-order listing, which went live shortly before the Game Awards, where the game's first, a trailer, first official trailer was set to debut, New Dawn will cost $39.99. So I have some notes here about some stuff about this game because GameSpot and maybe other outlets too got a really in-depth view about this game so this is kind of the stuff that seems like kind of interesting for context so yeah we have the highwaymen and they are led by twin sisters Mickey and Lou and so what I was reading about is that their father was the leader of this group and then they killed him because he became a problem and they killed their own father and now they are the leaders of the highwaymen that sounds right that sounds about right that sounds like Far Cry so you will be playing as a new character 
you will encounter a few characters from Far Cry 5. Uh, and it says, obviously, the father has managed to survive. And so the new settlement is called Prosperity. <laughs> I was... Uh, sorry. No, no, about that. no, I was going to talk about the ending of Far Cry 5, but I won't now. Okay. Fine. So the new settlement is called Prosperity. And it says, the effort you put in will be reflected aesthetically as the community expands, morale improves, and more and more people start showing up. The expanding place and new people will mean specialists who can help you create and repair gear, for instance. And so one of the new things that's being done here are with the outposts. So in Far Cry 5, obviously, you find an outpost, you claim it as your own, you go on your merry way. This time around, once you claim one, you can either loot it for resources or you can claim it as your own. If you decide to loot it for resources, bandits will come back and they will fortify it and make it stronger. And then that scales up. an older Far Cry thing. Okay. Yeah. So and I'm not familiar with that. And then so this scales up to three times. Before, they would just come back all the damn time it was super annoying it was so annoying mm-hmm. you'd be like i just cleared this outpost and then legitimately 15 minutes later you're getting an alert that it's being attacked again and you and have to go like, help them and if you don't go help them then oh, they can annoying. win you're like, yeah, there was something on, in Assassin's Creed previously oh, yeah. too mm-hmm. with the towers so that'll scale up to three times and obviously if you go back you'll get better loot and the enemies will scale and get tougher and then there are these things called expeditions which are missions outside of hope county the they take place on the west coast and other areas so one of the examples i was reading about was an amusement park where there would be snipers hanging out in the roller coaster and there'd be like hot dog stands that'd be a terrible place There's for a sniper another a roller coaster well, i mean fucking, if they were just on the top of the roller coaster i'm like they're like just riding this thing in perpetuity oh. <laughs> <laughs> your aim would have to they're be like, so ah! good dude <laughs> It definitely sounds like something Far Cry would do, though. Yeah. There's also, like, Alcatraz is also a location. And there are larger-scale outposts that increase in difficulty. You infiltrate steel rare, steel rare loot. You bring it back to Prosperity. You can update your base, your gear. And the animals in this game, the beasts that you'll be fighting, are kind of crazy-looking. I think this all sounds perfectly fine. I think it's, so, like, cool. That sounds fine. But, like, my big question is why? Yeah. Not really that. Well, it was funny. So, uh, again, I wasn't at the Game Awards, so I watched a lot of this stuff this morning because I just hadn't had time to catch up on it. And as I was watching this, I, I pinged the group chat and I was just like, wait, so is Far Cry New Dawn basically trying to be Rage 2? Like, it kind yeah. of just struck me. Mm-hmm. It was As I was watching, I'm like, this just seems kind of like a, a different version of rage um and i just think that the the post-apocalyptic thing after a nuke has just been done it's been done so many times in video games and i just think it's so uninspired you know and far cry one of the few things that really differentiates that game from Mm -hmm. a lot of other first person shooters in the open world genre particularly within ubisoft's own stable of open world games is its unique narrative twists and how they get these really wacky villains and they take you to these exotic locations and it's like really this is like what you got up your sleeve is post-apocalyptic trying to survive mutants in the wasteland deer with pink antlers (laughs) hey i'll take it i just like i'm not trying to like shit on this Mm -hmm. because i really do like far cry and i think that they're fun games i just have no desire or motivation to play yet another i think it's just too too soon for me and like i think i do think this could be interesting and it could be fun and in co-op if they do co-op better than they did in far cry 5 um oh yeah but uh that's right, it's because if someone joined in your party, they couldn't upgrade their certain weapon, their weapons and other things like Far that. Cry I remember 5 that, co-op, yeah. I believe, had a lot to be desired in the yeah. co-op, but uh, it's 
I think I just that was a weird sentence. That's I think I'm sorry about it. <laughs> I have no idea. No, like I, I will play this, but just not obviously at release because January and February are already loaded. They're already stacked. This yeah. is like yeah, in March too. So it's unless like unless this yeah. was like February of next year. Yeah, next, I think next year, which is yeah. Fun. This is a great option for people who are hankering for a a nice shooter mm-hmm. and who want something that's polished and fun and short and have I think cute little great. animal friends. If you have no desire to play Resident Evil or Kingdom Hearts, then this is probably what you're going to be playing in, yeah, that's in fair. January, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of rage, too, uh, we got a brand new gameplay trailer at the Game Awards as well, revealing how the action-heavy shooter has moved on from the original game's gritty tones for more colorful post-apocalypse. Um, just to go back real quick, Far Cry releases in February. Yes, yeah, we said that. But you said this will be playing in January. Oh, Just well, be, she means you will skip those in January. Meaning, like if you to... have things to, pl- like if you don't have things on the docket in January and oh. February, because both of those games that I mentioned begin at the last week of January, like four days. Don't the YouTube end of the month. comment us, friends. Don't tell us we don't, don't know what we're talking us. about. We said it's out February fifteenth, well, twenty nineteen, the same day as Crackdown three. Okay. Um, okay. So, Rage 2... I've got a crackdown. You guys can play for <laughs> Got a release date <laughs> of May 14th, uh, which is a nice time. I think it's a good slot for them to be in. Um, May is traditionally a pretty slow month. Um, the over-the-top violence and tongue-in-cheek humor is a hallmark of developer Avalanche Studios, which created the game for publisher Bethesda. Avalanche, of course, recently completed Just Cause 4 oh, yeah. for Square Enix, which launched just last week, um, and definitely had a more Just Cause destructive vibe to it. I mean, I think this is going to be great. I have to admit, my enthusiasm for Rage 2 after E3 has waned a little bit because yeah. stylistically they have dramatically changed, you know, the creative look of Rage versus what it was in the first game. Mm. Doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy myself and having the Avalanche on board ensures that they're not going to have any of the open world issues that the first Rage had. I think that that was a really smart move to bring them on board to help with the creative development of the game. But... I don't know how pumped I am about how wacky and over the top it's starting to look versus more gritty. I kind of liked the more gritty feel. I Mm. like it only because like I did not play the original Rage because I was just like, ah, this looks like too generic almost on a certain level. So I enjoy that they're messing with colors and like going a little bit wackadoodle. I'm like, yeah, why not? Like if. If you had to be in a post-apocalyptic world, it may well be batshit crazy. It's like Mad Max meets Sunset Overdrive. Which sounds Uh, fucking great. Okay. (laughs) I just have little to no desire to play this. Nothing about it grabs me. And it just could be the wasteland thing. But you're not traditionally a big shooter player. No. It has to... You know, typically, yeah, shooters need to have some sort of interesting element to it. And I know, like, Rage is, like you said, Sunset Overdrive. But eh, it just... I don't know, man. Too wastelandy, too... I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try it. This is kind of how I felt before I played Spider-Man, and I ended up loving the shit out of Spider-Man. I don't think this is going to be anywhere near as good as Spider-Man. No, completely different ah. games. I get that. Wow. <laughs> throw in the shade. Let's just keep it real. It'll be- I love how Brittany gets a little salty. A little, little toast of salt. apples and oranges. They are. They're very they are. different games. But what I'm saying is I don't... Okay. Yes, they are. Okay. They are. Right. They are 100%. <laughs> I just... Yeah. All right. How about we talk about something we're all universally excited about? We got a new story trailer for Anthem during the Game Awards, which was very exciting. Um, The trailer helps give some additional context to the world of Anthem while the developers have been hosting some live streams on their Twitch channel. This is a good look at how Anthem's story will look once the full game is available. So 
Uh, Brittany and I got to go to a behind closed doors presentation with some of the team from Bioware, Mike Gamble and John Warner. I have my notebook. And we love those guys. They're great. We took a bunch of notes. The, the, the thing that we did was like an Jesus. hour of a deep dive. Wait, into, when was this? This is the morning of the Game Awards. Ugh. Um, so I'm we so got to see out. a more inside look at what they were talking about in this trailer. And I also have a bunch of notes. Good lord, my handwriting um, is so bad. So they basically were talking about the Legion of Dawn and who is the Legion of Dawn? Who are the freelancers? What is the anthem of creation? This energy that funnels through the world and how you as a freelancer combat it and how mm. other groups in the world are trying to harness the anthem and use it for their own purposes there they talked about a new villain uh, the new villain group is called the dominion mm -hmm. they're a militaristic group that arose from a conflict in the freelancer ranks and they want to keep everyone on a short leash with a philosophy of peace through force um, they have been t attacking other settlements in the world, including Fort Tarsus, which is the main fort that you're going to be uh, romping around in. And the Monitor is one of the lead guys. So the Monitor is uh, kind of like the big bad that we got a little mm -hmm. look at in this new story trailer. The guy? Yeah, and he seems like an interesting villain because he thinks he, according to our uh, little event we did, he thinks he's doing good, but he doesn't quite understand how everything works. And so in that trailer, he says, I'm... What, what's exact what going to eat i want to end this needless suffering or something along those lines yeah i mean i think in He's general like writing in that way good villains they need to they need have a, yeah they need to have feel like what they are doing is correct need to understand kind um, of where they're coming from in a fucked up way yeah because yeah. otherwise just like i'm cartoon villain doing evil things for evil reasons and you're like right. what all right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i had asked is he you know more of an anti-hero than a true villain and they seem to not want to answer that question when i asked them that but it sounds like you have to decide for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that sounds like a load of crap. <laughs> just like, we're myself. not quite sure how people are going to take him. So we'll just, we're, I can see not wanting to tell people like, no, right. you, you should figure out your own take on it and see whether or not he does have redeemable qualities or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting about them talking about the anthem of creation is that they mentioned it's not something that can be turned off. And we were trying to describe like what kind of an energy force this is. And I asked him, is it like the force? Mm -hmm. And he said, no, it's more like gravity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just always there. It's always persistent. It's just part of the universe and the way things are. And that because of that, it leads to ongoing adventures and storytelling in a persistent world because that always leaves them opportunity to create opp to create uh, content around this idea that the anthem is just always there. It's mm -hmm. always around and it affects life in different ways. Oh, yeah, because I asked the question. I was like, what? Because I was confused because they're talking about these artifacts, but it sounds like the artifacts where the most activity takes place with the anthem. That's kind of the thing where all the shit goes down. Mm. But yeah, like she said, Anthem is just, Anthem's always there. Right. What I really got excited about, though, was them talking about the frictionless multiplayer. Mm -hmm. um, so jump in and jump out without having to know six people on Reddit is like the <laughs> line that, that Mike Gamble talked about. Because they said, clearly, they're designing this as a four-player co-op experience. You can play mm -hmm. the entire game co-op if you want to but you could also play the entire game solo if you want to but there are certain higher end experiences like some of their dungeon like experiences sure, yeah. that you should aren't going to, to scale down yeah. like so your experiences will scale depending on how many players you have in an instance mm -hmm. but there are certain things like these dungeons that are designed for four player and you can go in them solo but you're gonna not be successful is what it sounds like you won't yeah. be happy with life um, unless you're like 
there are definitely uh, players that will be able to do it just based on what I've seen from like Guild Wars 2. Mm-hmm. And like there's dungeons that people solo. Oh, people figure like, out how so, to solo yeah, raids so for sure. I'm sure you could figure it out, but it's just not a thing that's going to be It's not designed that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I do like the way that if you do want to play solo or if like you've been playing with friends, but they're not on or it's a weekend and like they have adult shit to do and you're like i want to jump in it sounds like the there will be public matchmaking and there's no obligation to do any kind of proximity chat or voice chat or any of that you can like just not communicate with people if you don't want to so i was like that's nice like my day to day (laughs) so i was like i want to be in the world i just don't want to talk to anyone yeah i I want a do not disturb sign around me thank you (laughs) yeah talk about how pretty it looked it's in the facial animations that we see that we saw in their presentation. Holy crap. They're like some of the best I've ever seen. And it's just crazy to think. And again, I don't want to like beat a dead horse here, but you have the facial animations for Mass Effect Andromeda and then you see an anthem. It's just like, holy butt freckles. It's clear that yeah. they made good on what they discussed with us at PAX because we had a briefing with them at PAX before their panel. And they said that they are putting a very big emphasis on polish here. The quote I have is we learned we have to polish as much as humanly possible. Yes. And they are making good on that from what we saw mm-hmm. in the behind closed doors presentation. The animations look wonderful. Everything so is really pretty. lining up. Every oh. time I see this game, I get more yeah. excited for it. Yeah. I, I, I want, I want it. Yes. Um, I also it, want, did they ever talk about Interceptor or no? Is that still an unknown class? We don't really know how it plays. They haven't really mm-hmm. showcased the Interceptor. Even the behind closed doors gameplay we saw showcased the Storm and Ooh, the Colossus. I mean, it yeah. looks it looks amazing. It looks really it's like, good. It's the, clearly the magic class. And like the, with a he- heavy emphasis on elemental use, which okay. I'm super excited about. Team You'll Colossus. be our Colossus. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm just going to take around everything. I will either be Interceptor or Storm because I'm still curious about Interceptor, but Storm usually seems like my jam. In the way they talked about the class system, it really sounds like you're going to want to have a little bit of proficiency in all of the javelins mm-hmm. because there'll be certain situations where you'll want a specific javelin for. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that you'll be collecting different javelins throughout the game and the customization stream that they did has me super excited they did confirm you will be able to choose um a binary gender choice so they went with binary just for like voice acting reasons they're like Mm -hmm. it's just too expensive to go more than binary for us yeah so you'll pick male or female for your voice and you will be able to customize your face with limited customization options Um, as long as they're good looking i don't care and all the customizations into the javelins themselves, which is totally fine. Yeah, I mean, that stream, that customization stream looked amazing. Yeah. And just like some of the things they it. showed us with how they customized the javelins in the gameplay we saw behind closed doors looks <sighs> super awesome. Be so tanky. I'm just stomping all the flowers. Yeah, you're going to be a big old big I'm boy. I'm be a big old boy. Or so girl. the other piece of news that came out is um, January 25th through the 27th is a VIP demo. So this is not to be confused with a beta. This is a demo of like what we assume will be the finished game right mm-hmm. right before it goes into yeah right before it goes gold. That. yeah um and then february 1st through the 3rd is the open demo and then they have a variety of ways you can get into that vip demo by like pre-ordering and whatnot which you guys can find out on the anthem website oh, i'm so excited but yeah so it looks like january 25th will be the first time they of course are doing a closed 
um, alpha test, which we heard about. And it was funny because in the in the presentation, they're like, you know, we've done a lot of these tests, but this is the one that got posted on Reddit for yeah. some reason. Dude, and then all of these people were streaming it. I saw people and they're oh, like, they just man. don't know how to read. No, and they just like, accepted the... Or, and like, it was really funny to me because some people were like, wait, what's an embargo? What's the... You're like... Don't sign the thing if you don't understand what you're signing. That is a general rule in life. Read what you're signing. Well, this is the danger of putting a call out to, like, the community to be like, who wants to play? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, like, they don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just- they should have just put, like, a giant no streaming thing on inside the technical test. Maybe they should Do just not stream. Invite us next time. We won't break embargoes. I wouldn't stream. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I'm obviously I've always been excited for it, but every time I see it, like you were saying, it's just something about it gets me more and more excited about it. I think at this point, I'm like, I'm just ready for it. Yeah, like, just give yeah. me the thing. I want to like squat up. I want to roll. I want to shoot some shit. I want to yeah. fly around. Want to be fake Iron Man? Let's go. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pumped. Do you know is there just free world exploration or free exploration where you can just hop in and just go without having a mission? I believe so. The, the very first demo that they showed made it look like yes i would hope so um, yeah so i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say yes from the demo, yeah for the demos <laughs> yeah. i've seen even what we played yeah. at e3 mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure you just go and do what you want there's wanted. some yeah. exploration wander around yeah. we don't know if it's going to be true like open world sandbox or if it's going to be a little bit more like andromeda where that you have these large worlds that you mm-hmm. can roam around in but they're technically still like a big instance yeah, yeah. right but we can maybe follow up with them for some clarification on like what does like how would you define your open world um mm-hmm. oh and they also did mention that they're going to be having another uh preview event or media event where they're going to be talking about how the world will shape and as it go- as they go forward right i remember them oh, talking about how, that yeah that sounds right yeah because they was- did yeah because mm-hmm. they did mention a lot of stuff about what they were planning to do post-launch because yeah. there was a bunch of other journalists in our press briefing and they did a q a and then there was a couple people that had asked about specific co- types of content and they're mm-hmm. like well we're not talking about that yet but it's part of our like post-launch plan mm-hmm. so it certainly sounds like this game is designed to be a games as live service yeah oh absolutely sure. if they weren't i would be very surprised yeah all right, moving on, because we got lots more to talk about. Uh, Crash Team Racing. So this was rumored slash leaked ahead of the awards. A lot of people thought that this was absolutely going to be confirmed, and it was. Classic multiplayer racing game for PlayStation coming back for its 20th anniversary. Activision announced during the Game Awards um, with a disturbingly chatty Crash Bandicoot there to present. That was kind of a weird moment with Crash on stage with Jeff. Um, they like opened a big box and he was like, oh, no, you got to spin into it. And just like, maybe I just lift the top off the box instead. <laughs> um, it's called Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. And it's a version of the PS1 original that Activision calls, quote, built from the ground up. Um, longtime Activision dev Beanox is developing the HD upgrade, which will feature characters like Crash and his sister Coco among the roster of playables. Uh, modes from the original game carry over like adventure and time trials. Uh, the core difference is that Nitro Field will include both offline and online play, as one would hope for a multiplayer game launching in 2019. Still, many of us hold a torch for the game we remember back in 1999. So that's coming out June 21st for $39.99 and will be on Switch, PS4, or an Xbox One. Cool. I, I don't know. This really. wasn't a thing that like I personally am super stoked for, but I know a lot of people are really into Crash. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
So those are some of the highlights from uh, new announcements at the Game Awards. Um, obviously, I missed one big one that you guys probably want to talk about. Joker uh, from ah. Persona 5 is going to be smashed. So this is um, – so this, sorry, this was up by the Dragon Age news, and we kind of jumped yeah, around jumped a little around. bit, so I missed it. But this was probably the moment that the most people had visceral reactions to oh. in the room. Oh, yeah. And the guy next to me, I thought was going to lose his shit. Was it Andrew Goldfarb? It was not. It was a guy who I did not know, but he just kept yelling over and over again, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe it, oh my God. It was just freaking out. Yeah. So good. And I'm just sitting back there being like, cool. Yeah. Well, at first I thought it was going to be, hey, Persona's coming to the Switch. Or just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something Which like would have been fucking amazing. That would have been a better announcement. Uh, and then Persona Five on Switch. Switch. That Persona Five on Switch would have been a better announcement. It wouldn't have helped yeah. me, but anybody who's not yet played. Yeah. And then when you saw the Smash symbol, I was sitting next to Ray, and we were like, "Oh my god!" And Khalif, and oh, it was such a good moment. I it's, was. It's cool. I only saw again. I just saw. I think I saw that on Twitter. I didn't actually see the real announcement, but I was like, "Oh!" So I think the reason why I'm having trouble, like getting understanding the hype. Is because like if you weren't excited about Smash already, why would a single character in a roster of like seventy fighters be like, "This is now the reason I'm gonna buy Smash"? The One Persona single character. fandom is very strong in yeah. their desires and loves and likes of this franchise, and I want to see his summons and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, I think another reason why this is so huge is obviously Persona is a PlayStation exclusive, and so you're gonna have these hardcore Persona fans. They, oh my god, I can play as Joker on Smash! Like this, it could be the thing that gets people to get a Switch, right? I, I think it's awesome. I'm gonna play him. Totally play him. This I'm gonna. Is, I'm terrible at Smash, but I'm definitely going to play Joker. This is the thing I just don't understand why someone would buy a $300 piece of hardware they hadn't even contemplated to play a DLC character. It was funny because I think it was. I think it was um, a video game attorney, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Morrison, who tweeted, never would you imagine people like losing their shit over, you know, Day like one DLC. DLC. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, because people love to shit on DLC. Look what they did to Insomniac about the Spider-Man DLC that came out six weeks after launch. You know, I'm just like, ah. Yeah, people uh, are hypocrites. hypocrites. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Though. There's <laughs> it's true. Every game kind of has this culture around it, and I think in a game like Smash Ultimate, we feel like it's such a fan service already. They have all the characters in there. They yeah. have, to add another character like this is exciting, and it's Nintendo. And I feel like Nintendo hasn't abused the DLC system. I mean, this is just my thought because a lot of games out there don't abuse the DLC system, but a lot do in other people's minds and then people like shit on like EA or Activision or whoever's doing DLC. But in this case, it's Nintendo and they're like this cute little thing. You want to see do successful things and get with the day and age. So I want Morgana in it. I want to turn into a bus and and smash people. What (laughs) could this mean for future DLC for smash? And that's Mm -hmm. also really exciting. Like, what are we going to see next? And I think this announcement worked really well because it was Joker I think if it had been just like a, I don't know what other kind of mediocre, not mediocre, but a character that wouldn't have raised so much stink. It would have been like, oh, you're announcing Smash DLC the night the game releases. Wow, this is kind of weird. But I think because it was Joker, it worked. Yeah. It was such an unseen. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if it had been like Ryuji, people would be like, okay. Yeah, you're right. If it had been Ryuji, people would be like, we're gone. Oh. Anyway. Very cool. I was was excited about it. Keep building those bridges. Yeah. All right. And with that, is there anything else from the Game Awards? Are you excited about that Mortal Kombat? 
Oh, oh yeah. I forgot to put that in there. I'm Mortal sorry. Mortal Kombat 11. There was a lot that happened at the Game Awards this year. Um, yes, I am. It's a little surreal because it's coming out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're having this reveal that they announced um, in January, and I'm going to try to go to it and get some hands-on and see what it's all about. Obviously, I'm a giant long-term Mortal Kombat fan. Didn't play as much of 10 as I as I would have liked. Still really loved how they changed the story mode to kind of mirror what Injustice has been doing. Mm. It was probably my favorite part of it. But the intense microtransaction system that they built in with like the graveyard and all of that was not a fan of. Um, And admittedly, I didn't spend as much time with it as I wanted because it kind of left me with an immediate sour taste. And I was like, I don't I don't like this. Mm -hmm. But that being said. I have high hopes that they're maybe taking some of the learnings that they had from the previous Mortal Kombat and everything that they did with Injustice 2 and are going to incorporate that into Mortal Kombat 11. But we really didn't see any details about what they're going to be doing with this game. We just saw a really badass cinematic trailer featuring Raiden and Scorpion. Oh, that was so good. It was so Mortal Kombat, and I was like, wow, I almost feel like they should have put, like, a content warning in front of it. It was funny because Ed Boon recently tweeted. I saw the tweet. The tweet was good. Yeah, like, do you think we'll be able to get E for everyone? He's like, like, Mortal Kombat is still rating pending. I think we'll get that E for everyone. (laughs) And then the the ESRB replied. Did you see that? No, I didn't. And I think they, they quote tweeted it, and I think they were like, Okay, but Ed or whatever. Like I don't know. They basically like did a little sarcastic. That sounds right. Not gonna happen. Um, but it was pretty cute. Yeah, um, it was um it, it definitely looked great. And then of course we, you know, had our little contest. Would you call it a contest? It was more like a friendly guessing game as to like who we thought was going to win oh, yeah. each of the oh, awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we haven't really talked about that yet. Yeah. I think we mm-hmm. talked about it on the streams, the Patreon yeah. stuff. Yes. But didn't talk about it on the show. So. Um, but the – do you have the score? I think uh, Steimer had, came in horribly. third place with 11 <laughs> um, out of 22. I came in second with 14 and Brittany came in first with 17. <laughs> um, so congratulations, Brittany Thanks. picked the winners. Thanks. Um, but super happy the the team from Sony Santa Monica won mm-hmm. Game of the Year for God of War. Yeah. Fantastic, wonderful game. Yeah. Uh, so congrats to all Nailed of them. It. Yeah. I feel yeah. like for the most part, the games that deserve to win won. You know, Red Dead got best audio design, best sound design. I, I'm happy that best Roger narrative. Clark. Yeah, best narrative. Mm-hmm. Roger Clark got the um, voice acting, whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Best performance. There was no losers in a lot no. of these categories, I mean, really. they're all so good. It, it, the games were recognized yeah. that I think we wanted to be recognized. Celeste won, obviously. So, yeah, it was good. It was a good show. It was, mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy. Also, <laughs> I was a little surprised that Overcooked 2 beat out Super Mario Party for Best Family Game. I just don't think of it as a family game. I love Overcooked. Yeah. It's amazing. I feel like I would kill my family. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So that's more of just where, where I would come from. <laughs> but then again, I, I, I would kill my family in any game that I'm losing at. So, ah. mm. Dude, Monopoly in my house back in the day was cutthroat. My dad used to make me and my sister cry. He would beat us so bad. Wow. Was no he joke. was he like you like super like oh I'm kicking your ass oh yeah no there was no that's mercy where you get it from my dad didn't ever let us win so I had to get better <laughs> than him and so when we would play games he stopped playing video games with me because I started beating him all the time and he was like nah I'm good you really? go ahead and play with this your sister no more this is no, no much joke fun. no joke that's amazing <laughs> it's gonna be 
be me someday when I like I'm like, hey kids, I'm gonna show you how to really play, and then they're gonna get better than me, and I'm gonna be like, I don't want to play with you anymore. Oh no, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> done. Yep, that's so funny. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. I love it. Um, all right, well, we've been talking about the Game Awards uh, and the news from the Game Awards for quite some time now. We do have some other news that came out this oh, week. Oh, man. Uh, we are taping the show a little bit early um, because of some other production stuff we have going on, but not so early that we didn't miss the weird buff Sonic oh, man. poster. <laughs> um, so this write-up comes from IGN. Sonic the Hedgehog is making his way to the big screen, and they, of course, have their first exclusive look. Check out the official motion poster motion poster official motion poster yeah that's so, what they say so what it is that is, can't be right well it is i just copy no, paste it it is because what it ha- what happens is you click the play button and it shows sonic running through collecting coins and then it stops and it's just a silhouette and then it's like kind of smoking so it's like a gif it's like a gif is what you would call it also I, what marketing is dumb um the poster yeah. shows a couple of key updates to sonic and we had the opportunity to speak with the creative team uh this telling of sonic story sees him as a bit of a fish or hedgehog out of water <laughs> sonic voiced by ben schwartz finds himself in our present day world wherein he develops a relationship with james marston's tom wachowski and also finds himself at odds with jim carrey's dr yes. robotnik as expected, mayhem oh ensues. So the production good. team behind the movie opted to go for a more realistic take on Sonic, down to his updated new kicks, more than the cartoony version we've seen in the past. Filmmakers consider Ted to be an appropriate analog for the upcoming Sonic movie's integration of a CG character in a real-world setting. They, of course, referring to Ted the Teddy Bear with Seth MacFarlane, if you yes. guys do not remember that movie. It's one of my faves. I haven't, I haven't seen, it. seen it. What? It's hilarious. I've heard it's really funny. I have not seen yeah. it. It makes me sad. I love it. I mean, it's like, it's like raunchy Seth yeah. MacFarlane humor, but I love it. So this is funny because it's just the silhouette of Sonic. And if you look, he's like pretty toned and he got those beefy quads going on. But you don't see his face. And this is funny because the, ex- the executive producer, Tim Miller, was saying that the eyes is a really hard thing to do because ho- Sonic's eyes is just like one big they're giant. They're just, yeah, it's just they're one like eye. 90% it's literally of his face. one eye. Yeah. And so there's always that um, funny meme going around that if you take away the white part of his eye, that it's just these little beady things in the white part are like glasses the joke mm. so th- this is the quote from tim miller i don't think sega was entirely happy with the eye decision but these sort of things you go quote it's going to look weird if we don't do this but everything is a discussion and that's kind of the goal which is only change what's necessary and stay true to the to the rest of it he's not going to feel like a pixar character would because i don't think that's the right aesthetic to make it feel like part of our world so are the there are these fan renditions floating around of nightmares with sonic with these little, little beady eyes and he looks fucking terrifying so it's gonna be, be really interesting to see what they do with his face. I just want to see, like, because of the, the silhouette, he looks super toned. But I'm like, how muscly would you be, like, if you're a runner? Because runners, are yeah, you're pretty lean. Yeah. But they're usually pretty lean. Even, like, um, if you look at the people who run in the Olympics, like the marathoners and things like that, they're all, like, super slender. Yeah. Because it's more of, like, an endurance game than, like, a sheer muscle mass. Yeah. You have to like lift. You want, yeah, and like you want to classic Sonic has got like little little stick legs, stick legs and stick, stick arms. Legs. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't squat in cartoon form. He, he doesn't squat. He squats just, in like real uh, the live maybe action. Maybe he eats lots of chili dogs and it just converts to muscle because he's like that's not how. It well, happens. listen, that sounds like a superpower that I want. I know. Yeah, that's that would be great. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. I am totally down. Eat for that. chili dogs and it converts to muscle tissue. And Let's there's this go. Cute picture of the set of Green Hill Zone. Cute. And then Tom is the. Uh, He's a police officer, and I don't know how they interact, but they're friends. I'm excited. It's going to be a shit show, I think, but I'm very excited for it. Well, I'm trying to maintain positivity because I was pleasantly surprised by Detective Pikachu, so I don't know. 
That's true. 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 They can do some fun. amazing things with graphics these days. Yeah, and you know, I feel like Sonic's such a charming character that, okay, I, I'm retracting my shit show. Thank you for putting me in place, which you kind of sort of didn't do on purpose, but you did. No, I did I'm not. I'm going to remain positive in my normal Brit fashion, and you're right, because Detective Pikachu looks very promising. I think once we see the first trailer, we'll be able to tell. I need to see a trailer of yeah. this, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I got ahead of myself there. But no, I'm, it'll be cool. It'll be, it'll be weird. It will be weird. It'll be weird. All right, next weird up. Um, so we also had another showcase of gaming announcements oh, that man. happened over the weekend. The Kind of Funny Game Showcase. I had a lot of fun going to the office and watching the showcase with that crew and, and then, you know, kind of hanging around for the after show. I'm just so proud of all of those guys and Joey for, like, really putting in the work to showcase a bunch of small indie games that never would have gotten that spotlight otherwise. And I think it's a real testament to their community's love of video games and love of the art form. And I'm just so, so proud of them and think that they did a fantastic job. We got some really great news out of that. Surprisingly, a lot of games that were announced and released same day. Mm -hmm. Um, And some key big news like... For example, The Walking Dead final season from Skybound Games. Um, we got to see the first look at, um, let's see here, the final, the finale to the long-running episodic series based on Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead comic was caught in limbo, of course, when Telltale Games closed abruptly, leaving two of the four planned episodes unfinished. Uh, Skybound Games, which is owned in part by Robert Kirkman, of course, the author of The Walking Dead, announced they would be resuming production with as many of the Telltale developers as they could gather. Uh, they, of course, revealed... That the old Telltale offices are now reoccupied uh, with former Telltale employees working on the third and fourth op- off episodes, sorry, calling themselves, quote, still not bitten team. A reference, of course, to the second season where Clementine kills a zombie and proves that she has, has not been bitten by a walker. Mm-hmm. The third episode will see release on January 15th. So surprisingly soon. So that's mm-hmm. good. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. So uh, congrats to them. Um, Game Informer, of course, wrote that, which I just read and has written the rest of this. Uh, Yakuza Judgment was probably the most high-profile announcement from the Kind of Funny Games Showcase. And then although we did know it was coming to the West, we didn't have any details about the English version of Project Judge, which I saw at uh, Tokyo Game Show. The latest game from the Yakuza series developed by Ryuga Gotoga Studio, Gotoku Studio, excuse me, and the latest trailer we got... Wait, I'm just rereading that same line. My bad. Um, Sega showed off the English voice acting in that trailer. And um, this is pertinent because Sega recently made a choice to not give other Yakuza games an English cast. And so this was kind of like, a, hey, why are you doing it for this game and not your other ones? That's weird. There you go. The showcase also had a few other announcements that I was super excited about. So SMG's moving out is that um, co-op game. Oh my god, that looks it so amazing. It looks so, it's so they do Death Squared and Super One More Jump, which are really fun games that I've played of theirs. So anything they put out, I'm super duper excited about. Human Fall Flat is getting DLC. It's getting a new level. And I think actually that level comes out today, which is Tuesday the 11th. And they're getting a lot of Christmas skins and other holiday things. Um, the game... A Fold Apart looks super freaking cute. It's the one about the long-distance relationship and the paper folding to try to make them, like, 
I did not see all of the things. Oh, man. This. Again, there I was, was working. So I was working many. in an event mm-hmm, for like mm-hmm. four days. So Yeah, Boyfriend Dungeon was on there. I have a list of all these games I want to try, try out that I learned about from the showcase. So it was good. It was a really good show. I'm very happy that all these games got a spotlight. Yeah, lots Little of play. indie games. Indie yeah. games do the thing. Um, all right. I think that about does it for the news segment, unless I missed something. Stardew Valley multiplayer coming to the Switch tomorrow. Oh, that is yes. Wednesday the 12th. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about why you're excited. Okay. So my understanding of it is that the only thing you share as as a community of farming folks, I don't know, money, the farm... And I think that's it. And I think everything else is still separate. Oh, maybe quests? No, skills? I don't know. I'll have to look this up. But I'm very excited about this because I've been playing these farming sim games since I was little, like maybe when I was like seven or eight. And so I've always thought it would be fun to play with another person because I like the strategy involved in it. It's a very cathartic game to play. And I've always tried to get Jason into these games. But he's like, why would you play a game where you do nothing but chores every day? And I was like, well, that's, I mean, a fair I point. Mean, <laughs> uh, I play Persona. That's a lot of chores. It's a lot of chores. But he's like, so what are you doing right now in the game? I'm like, I'm watering my crops. I'm cutting down wood. I'm there mining. Is something, there's something meditative about it. 100%. And you're just like, okay, I do this thing so I can do this thing. And I've made my garden. And like the way you plan out your garden or mm-hmm. your farm or whatever it is. Yeah. And like getting to, I've made like a nice little orchard off on the side. Like, yeah. I don't know, you have your nice bees growing. It. No, yeah. it's definitely the one franchise that I go to if I'm ever stressed, if I need something to feel good and relax myself. Uh, Stardew Valley, Story of Seasons, and Back of the Day, Harvest Moon were my go-to. So I've never played these with anyone else, so I'm really curious to see how that oh, works Brittany, out. Oh, you and me, girl. Oh, yeah, we're going to get married. You can get married. That's right. Oh, my God, we're get getting married. married. We're going to become Steinbacher. For- the Steinbacher <gasps> farm! That was a very okay, exciting moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, people are like, what the That's hell? definitely yeah. a gift waiting to happen. This is uh, just people are like, what the hell? Christine's tickets were under Christine Steinbacher at the Game Awards. Yeah, it they was know that we're married and have we joined have our names and together. aspirations to be together forever. Yes. But no, so I'm really curious to see how does this work with another person? Does it take away that meditative, charming part of it? Or do you just get mad and you're like, why didn't you water the turnips today, Agatha? What's your problem? Did I you mean, milk the cows? That's why we have sprinklers. That's true. But at first you don't. You gotta do that but, hustle. Uh, yeah, at first you gotta hustle. That's what I always laughed at like whenever you get married in that game the the husband or wife seems super useless mm-hmm. and that like they're like oh guess what i watered your plants today and you're like bitch i have sprinklers what are you talking about like you didn't ha- you didn't do anything mm-hmm. and then i have i had automatic feeders on all of the um in the stables at or in the barns or whatever they are and then they would be like and i fed the animals today i'm like no you didn't no you didn't the, the machines that i paid for fed the animals today. Yes, he didn't and The do machines anything. that I paid for watered the plants today. You yeah. have done nothing. nothing. Okay, so I'm trying to read. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Uh, first and foremost, online yeah, co-op. <laughs> which supports it's up fine. to... fine. I'm just listening. So the co-op supports <laughs> up to four players working together on a single farm. You'll get your own cabin. This is from Polygon. But otherwise, all the farming, fishing, and whatnot will be a collaborative effort. You can have your own partner too, though. No sharing of spouses here. Uh, one of the options can be another player. Voice chat is available as well. You have to have a Nintendo online subscription service. And yeah, I am so excited. I'm going to try this out. Let's make the Steinbacher, yeah, yeah. Steinbacher Ranch. I know you and I will have fun, but I'm curious if I can get Jason into this. Because he's always been like, why are you playing the game? <laughs> <laughs> Love you, honey. 
I can absolutely hear him saying that in yeah. his actual voice. <laughs> I'm with you, Jason. Why are you, honey? Why are you playing that game? Um, <laughs> it's fine, though. Um, I, I feel like there's so much stuff from last week that we just missed, but I don't want to spend too much time going backwards. But just quickly, mm-hmm. Epic launched their own game store mm-hmm. to compete with Steam, and they announced Fortnite Creative, which is definitely going after the Minecraft audience, which still remains the number one game on the YouTube gaming platform, which I thought was really interesting, despite mm-hmm. how big Fortnite is. Dude. Dude, um, Minecraft is a beast on YouTube. Well, they got deep roots, right? Yeah. Like that game's been around for a decade. So it's going to take a long time for Fortnite to, to topple Minecraft. Yes. But this new creative mode certainly is opening that door. Yeah. Um, they had, of course, launched Season 7. Um, I thought they were going to announce something with the Avengers team, but then they didn't. Um, so that was kind of a weird moment um, at the Game Awards. Uh, we also got news that Geralt of Rivia is coming to Monster Hunter World. Um, Geralt, whatever. It's Geralt. so funny. What is it about that name that people who haven't played it can't pronounce? Is it just like you want to say Geralt? Because I hear Geralt. I hear Geralt. I hear nothing is see it personally. I don't know. I've played that game. I just haven't played 100 hours of that uh, game. Also, I haven't played Geralt. that game in like two years. Three years? When did that game Geralt. come out? Geralt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many years Four ago. years? Many years ago. Time is a, an odd construct. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, also, I mispronounce names all the time. My mm-hmm. bad. If you're Ganon's up there, if you're out there listening and your panties are in a bunch because I mispronounced <laughs> his name, I apologize. Girl you can unbunch your panties now. Uh, May 2015. That's wow. when the expansion's coming? No, no, no. 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 Oh. 2015 was 2015. Listen. Dude, my brain's not it's working. Fine. It's we're fine. All, we're all kind of It's fine. Out. Uh, what I am excited about is this expansion because they yes. they just announced that they're doing some winter DLC for Monster Hunter World that I was like, you know what? I haven't played Monster Hunter in a while. I would love to go back. Um, and seeing it at the Game Awards was really exciting. And then when this press release came in, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. Um, so the expansion uh, will include new voice lines that have been supplied by Doug Cockle for the English version. Yes. Um, while the other languages are getting new lines recorded by their respective versions. So um, whoever CD Projekt Red hired to do their localizations, yep. it sounds like are, are going to be doing it in cool. the Monster Hunter language, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> but also kind of hate at the same time. Um, there are going to be some new-ish <laughs> monsters um, returning in the arc-tempered form. So this is going to be from December 19th through January 3rd. Um, and then the progress... Oh, they're doing a free trial that lets you play up to Hunter Rank 4, and then your progress will carry over into the full game should you want to invest, and that will be live from the 11th through the 17th. So cool. if you haven't played and you want to get in, we should play. It'll be fun. Now, do you think you really will hop back in, though? After I finish Assassin's Creed Odyssey, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know why not. I want to play. Why I are you judging me? I'm not. I'm just asking because my question. My are thought you, it sounded like you were asking me with judgment. Well, no, because <laughs> we always say we want to hop back and we want to hop in, back in because I think we the want DLC to do things we can. The DLC do. looks good enough, even, like even for me, someone who hasn't played it since yeah. the month it released, to get back into it. But I'm thinking, like, am I actually gonna do it? Well, realistically, there's no games that I'm like really hankering to play until February. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dabble in RE2 because I said I would for you. I'm going to dabble in KH3 because I love Disney. I just want to see how it's going to go down. But I fully am expecting that that game's... That we're going to nope out. That that game's going to, yeah, not float my boat. And I'm going to be like, this was cool, but no thanks. No, thank you. Um, That's what I'm expecting. And so that means I have the rest of December and pretty much all of January to, like, play 
things that I want to catch up with. Mm -hmm. I do want to finish Red Dead's story and get to the end of that. I do do want to finish Spider-Man's story. (laughs) I've done that. Yay, (laughs) finally, one thing I've done. Spider-Man feels like the thing I I just need to sit down, do it, knock it off the list and be done with it. Spider-Man is an easy... because I know that, done. like, if I don't finish Spider-Man before I really, like, sink my claws back into AC, I'll probably never finish Spider-Man. Because <laughs> AC is just such a huge game. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I do think I'm going to. Well, let me know. Okay. Because I do want to hop back in, but I'm not going to do it unless someone's like, hey, I'm playing this thing. Not this, this but you're not going to sound Let's like make that. a plan then. Yeah. Let's make I'm a down plan. to, like, make a commitment. Have you guys ever actually played a game together? We did a Sea of Thieves round one time. That, that was one all time. of us. Or was it? That was just me. It was yeah. me, her, and Jason. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got naked to play like the accordion a and got amount. drunk. We did We did Pokemon. But That's that true. was for a stream and that you were here. streaming. <laughs> yeah. And I was not around. <laughs> um, We'll work on it, Brittany. That'll be our resolution. one of your resolutions. That should be your resolution is to play more games play with games us. with my friends. What a yes. hard thing to do. I yes. mean, we don't think we it's have, that hard. Let's say we've got Crackdown and Anthem like coming. So okay, we yeah, don't yeah. play Anthem together. I'm going to be mad. No, at no, you. no, that's going to happen. I would also be mad at you. I would be but mad at myself. We have a big decision to make before we get there. Yes, are we, we do. playing Anthem on PS4 or on Xbox One? Don't answer right now. Okay, I know. You me. think about it. You think about it. Okay. Um, We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we have been playing, and hopefully. You guys are, uh, are are doing good, hanging in there with us. Uh, stick with us, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. Everybody to the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. We are going to talk about what we've been playing. But before we get to that, I want to thank our second sponsor of the show, Bespoke Post. So we haven't talked about these guys in quite a while, but I really do think that they have such a neat service. And it's something that is a little bit different in the landscape of curated boxes out there. So in case you guys forgot, when you're constantly on the go grinding away at the office or hanging out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or apartment. You know, every once in a while, it'll cross your mind and you'll be like, yeah, I got to do that thing. But then you never actually get around to doing that thing. That's why we love getting a new box of awesome from Bespoke Post every month. These guys are out scouting for quality, unique products to send in each box. And now you can experience it too at Mm boxofawesome.com. I got the Vino-inspired box, which included a fun little tasting notebook where I could write down my thoughts about wine. Plus, it came with a fancy wine aerator and a really beautiful wine key, which, let me tell you, there's nothing like having a very high-quality wine key. It makes all the difference when opening your bottles of wine. So a wine key is essentially a a really like a simple corkscrew. So Ah. it's got like a little blade to cut the foil. It folds out. The corkscrew folds out. And then it's got the double hinge on the pull for the cork. That's the double hinge is key to get the cork out oh, without that breaking the it. Gadget that looks like a lady. 
Or a human? No, that's a different thing. I, but I think know you're, you're thinking about. of something else. Okay. Just thinking about the thing you twist down. Yeah, it's like what waiters use in restaurants oh, to open wine bottles. Okay. I'll show it to you I afterwards. Um, speaking of wine, don't forget, we've got our secret segment this month. <laughs> we tasted Assassin's Creed wine. Speaking of, you sure Vino. did. Um, if you guys want to get started with your very own box of awesome.com, get your own wine key. All you need to do is answer a few short questions that will help them get a feel for the kind of boxes that go with your personal style. So whether you're in search of a perfect drink like me, a well-kept pad, or jet-setting in style, a bespoke post improves your life one box at a time. Each box goes for under 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside just for you. The first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details, and then you're going to have five days to change color sizes or add extra goods to your box. And if you're not feeling what they've picked out for you, Simply skip it. It's just that simple. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekender bags to classy dop kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man and woman. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter code what's good at checkout. So that's box of awesome, just like it sounds, dot com and use code what's good, W A T S W. W-H-A-T-S-G-O-O-D. I know how to spell our own name. Oh, my gosh. For 20% off your first box, Bespoke Post themed boxes for those that give a damn. So thank you so much to Bespoke Post. And uh, now let's talk about what we've been playing. And during the break, I had to look up this game that Brittany's been playing called Cattails. I was like, what is this game? And the the first thing I noticed is that it's got um, cute little cats in the graphics. And the first pull quote they have is from Kotaku, and it says, like Stardew Valley, except cats. So, Brittany, <laughs> let's talk about this game. Okay, so this is a game that was kickstarted. Is this it's PC a- only? No, I'm going to play it on my Switch. Now available on Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> oh, no. I, I've been oh, thinking girl, about it. I am now. I have my Switch in my backpack. I'm going Play to it. download this. Play this. Okay. So it's a husband and wife team. And they kickstarted for $38,000. I think it was last year. Um, and I think they've been working on it for a while. I don't know all the history. I'm sorry. But this game is... When I heard it's like Stardew Valley, but with cats, and I was just talking about this in the like, last sold. segment. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean... Hello, where do I sign up for this yeah, magic? exactly. Like, how much... <laughs> better of a pitch could you get <laughs> oh i know so it starts off i mean it's it is like that it has some different mechanics with it obviously so you start off you're a cat you get to customize your cat you have yes. um some, like a little ghost yeah. well you only can choose from solid colors i think oh, in the what? beginning no i'm getting there oh, okay and you <laughs> you are adopted quit flip table i know she's done this game no longer sounds fun to her <laughs> um you are adopted and you are at your human house and then you are dropped off on the side of the road because the mom's a bitch. So you're now on the side of the Wait, road. So like your okay. old owner like abandoned you. You're, you're, so you're you were adopted by a little girl and her mother. And from what I've seen, because I don't know if there's more to this story because I haven't finished the story yet. You are dropped off on the side of the road because the mom is mad about something in her life, and I'm not sure why she's so upset. It makes me sad that she's so upset. Maybe but you'll find is. out later in the yeah, story. Maybe. Maybe she it. just hates cats. Um. Yeah, maybe. Who hates cats? Don't who answer are, that. Who are <laughs> deathly allergic? Probably, probably. don't like them very much. But they probably don't, don't hate the cats. They probably just they, yeah, hate I'm, how the cats make it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you are left along the side of the road, and you are a domestic kitty kitty. So you're like, what do I do with my life? And this other cat named Coco kind of appears, and he's like, let me teach you how to stalk things. So you have to stalk little critters throughout the world, and you pounce on them, and... He's like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to do these basic things. And here are these three cat colonies you can join. There's a forest colony, there's a mountain colony, and then there's kind of like this fairy-ish kind of colony, I think is what you would call it. 
And they fairy all- like as in Tinkerbell or fairy as in like a thing that moves you across water? As okay, I don't think fairy is the right word actually. I know you have mountain and then you have a swampy. It's sorry, it's swamp, but I think one of the cat quotes is called like fairy or something. I don't know. I might be making this all up. Hmm. But you have three different colonies. You There's gotta be from. a wiki for this game. Yeah, though like, there is. Sure, and sure I'm part of the forest colony and you have okay so you have this big map and there's just terror they're all cats are very territorial right but once once a season when seasons last 10 days you have spring summer fall winter you have a festival with all of the cats where you get to participate in games and all the cats get together and like okay we're calling it a truce and over time if you bring presents to the other colonies you can build up your reputation with them there's no farming in this in that kind of regard you know stardew valley kind of the biggest thing here so what you do is you wake up every morning, you sleep in your den and you save in your den and you go out and you hunt animals because you do have a hunger bar that slowly depletes. And if it goes to zero, I don't think you die. I think you're just, your you stats are just or buffed something? or really nerfed. I don't know. Okay. I haven't gotten that, that low yet, but you hunt, you can bring presents to other cats. You can have kittens. There are other. How cute. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Cause you know that one of my all time favorite games when I was a teenager pets. was pet. Yes. Which is part of the thing was you would have little baby animals. Right, but you are the cat in this, in this way. I know. So you get to upgrade your den. You can have kittens. You bring presents to people. They'll give you presents back. There's mining. So you swipe at the, claw, the rocks with your claws. And the deeper down. Oh, my God. Amazing. Deep, oh my the God. deeper down you go, the better gear or uh, ore you get. And then you turn it into your mole friend who then has a shop. And you can switch. You can, Wait, you build a friend out of rocks? No, no, no. You, there's a mole friend. Oh, a mole, a mole. friend. Sorry, yeah. I missed part. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and you have your cat own- would definitely eat that mole, but go on. Yeah, yes. I mean, he would. The mole is cute. <laughs> That'd be a juicy dinner, too. So you... <laughs> it's a big mole. It's a very big mole. Um, there is... In Stardew... Like in Stardew Valley, there are certain items that you have to bring to these stones, because I'm trying to awake the forest guardian, and in order to do that, you have to bring certain items to each... There's like five or six different stones. So there's like a supernatural element. Kind of? But there doesn't, is it doesn't Stardew Valley as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel that way, but there is. So you have to bring like a um, like three trout and a sea bass and X Y Z. That's very similar to Stardew Valley, exactly. And that's how you progress the story. And obviously, certain items can only be found in certain seasons. The other difference is the seasons are only, like I said earlier, ten days, mm. so it goes a lot quicker. Um, there is a lot of RPG elements in this, so you can upgrade your fighting, your health, your foraging, and your swimming. Mm. and you can also upgrade skills you can upgrade like if you want like a super duper powerful attack you can do that if you want a skill called diplomacy which helps you build your territory in the game um, i'm slowly trying to build my territory out i'm not sure what the point of that is the game doesn't really tell you you just kind of like hop in there and you just kind of figure it out on your own but mm. it's super cute it's just like the perfect it gives me that same sort of feeling that Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons gives me where it's just like, oh, it's like a cute little like relaxing sim. Like nothing too bad happens. Everyone for the most part gets along. You know, the dialogue between NPCs change depending on how much they like you or how much they don't like you. To start dating someone, you give them a red rose, and to break up with them, you give them a black rose. Wait, really? Yes. So like the bad What if we did that in real life? I mean, I guess you, you could. I think it would get the same point Someone across. Just be like, here's a black rose, and they're like, oh, thank you. You thought of me. How this is thoughtful. how I feel about you. And then you're like, nah, nah, dog. That's not how this is going. But no, it's <laughs> it's super cute, and you fight other cats. You you know, if you're in a neutral territory, or cats will try to come on your territory. You and the fighting is simple. You just kind of like swipe with ZR, and you can buff that up. You get experience points by fighting other cats. You get coins that are called mules, I think is what they're called, like M-E-W-L-S, like a mule. 
It's really cute. Weird, but okay. Yeah, it's cute. Um, you get points by stalking and killing little critters like mice and rabbits and other things like that. It's just a really cute game. Like, would recommend. It's adorable. I'm excited Cat to tails. go play this. Cattails. Yep. And it's one word. So C-A-T-T-A-I-L-S. A cattails. Like the plant. Yeah. Just like the plant. Cool. It looks cute. It is really cute. I do like it a lot. The draw of it being cats has piqued my interest, but the style of gameplay is not something that really. Oh, you might gets me be surprised. Excited. You might be like, "Oh man, I'm so relaxed. I'm in such a good zone. I got my cat farm here, yeah. doing all the things." We're, but then, like, these like, games are surprisingly addictive. Like, do not underestimate. The power yeah, I think of you a and Jason Valley. kind of feel the same way about these kind of games. Like, why? And I don't doubt that it is relaxing and addictive. Mm-hmm. But when I'm sitting down to play something chill on my Switch. You shoot things. The first thing I think of is Diablo. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I just want to smash things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, kill all the monsters. I, I things. smoosh. Pick smoosh. up all the gold pieces. Um, then I want to give an update to my horse prints because I have been Okay. Yeah. How's, how's horsey going? <laughs> well, I found uh, a new we horse. We found another hotter horse. Yeah. Oh, I my just, God. It's a red-haired horse? Yeah. His name is like Ryuma. Ry- Ryuma. Um, just came across him, and my horse boyfriend is very jealous of him. So we're gonna see how this are they gonna goes. Have to fight to the death with their, their yes. hooves. We're gonna, gonna Dude, this game is so <laughs> weird. Each other so with what? Their so what? My current horse boyfriend is doing is he's catching meteors falling out of the sky and then tossing them away, and that's how he's making me impressed with him right now. Then I, I showed you this. You last know, thing. this is an interesting concept of how to impress a lady. <laughs> And for those of you Catch wondering meters as they fall from the sky, what the hell am I talking about? It's this game where this girl falls in love with a horse with a human face. So yes. look, it's so weird. The whole thing is so weird. Uh, it's uh, is he holding a it's boulder on his back with his hooves? Oh yeah, I guess it's. I think it's a meteor. It's There's just no weird. way. This is such a weird. I can't. Oh, it's so with bizarre. No, it's so fucking weird. But some people have played it, and we've been talking about it on the Facebook fan page. And I love you all. It's a strange beast yeah that's my love literally horses Mm -hmm. (laughs) and figures horsey (laughs) um so i've gotten back into destiny 2 forsaken since the launch of the black armory which happened just last week and it's definitely just as good as it was when i left (laughs) i'm definitely super big shout out to all of the what's good guardians for jumping into my games and playing with me and sherping me through the raid and helping me out getting caught up so they made some buffs to the drops for prime engrams for people like me who took some time away to play other games this fall Mm -hmm. but are trying now to get caught up so now my drop rate for light level objects has increased and i finally got to jump into the last wish raid which i haven't tried since it came out back in September, mm. which was something that I've always wanted to do. And it's it's clearly one of the best parts of Destiny continues to be the raids and the high-level puzzles and the team coordination and the communication that's required in raiding, not just in Destiny, but of course anybody that plays MMOs or other games that have raids. It's one of the most fun parts about that group. So, where would you experience. say you are right now? From a, because remember, we're gonna do, we're gonna document the saga from a one to ten. How are you feeling with Destiny Ten? Being like, oh my god, I love you so 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 much. I want to marry you, but that's weird. Like a nine. Oh, wow. girl, look at you. Good okay, Lord. yeah. It's All just right. the thing that reminded me after playing a game like Fallout seventy six. Was that, I mean, because, like, I had to try it, right? I had to try Fallout 76. Was that Bungie doesn't get enough credit for how seamless that game plays. 
Do they have some game design issues? Of course. Do they have things I could nitpick? Of course. But when it comes down to the basic mechanics of how that game runs and functions in a multiplayer setting, it's so flawless in that sense. I never have pain points when it comes to to matchmaking, to doing the drop-in and drop-out co-op or the PvP. The gunplay always feels good. It doesn't ever feel clunky or gross and like... As much as I Ew. as much as I bitch to my clanmates about how ugly a lot of the hunter armor is, and I can I keep infusing my solstice armor because it's my favorite piece of gear. Um, that that to me is such a small gripe because I keep coming back to play that game because the gameplay is just so good, and they have really done a great job of improving the amount of things that you can do in the game, adding new quest lines, adding new rewards, adding new gear sets. Mm-hmm. It has been a little confusing for people, the difference between what the seasonal pass gets you and what the DLC gets you and, like, what's in the annual pass and what's not in the annual pass. Um, The overlap there is a little wishy-washy, and I haven't spent enough time with the Black Armory because, quite frankly, I'm just not strong enough to jump right in there. I had to have been playing. So now I'm just really finishing off some of the Forsaken content that I missed the first time around. Um but it just reminds me just how great that game is and how fun it is. And it's truly one of the best multiplayer experiences I've ever played, which is why it was an easy pick for me when I voted for, you know, best multiplayer. Super happy that Fortnite won. No doubt that they have killed it this year and have a fantastic multiplayer as well. But for me personally, I've never had a better multiplayer experience than Destiny, Destiny 2. I love this because you're so happy with Destiny right now that it makes me so happy. Oh, good. Yeah. Next time in. I mean, I, I do want them to get rid of random roles altogether. I think that that would be a gigantic step forward, Bungie, if you're listening. <laughs> just get rid of the random roles. Just, just do it. Just let me buy there are it. Just better, let me there buy are it. better systems they than just, the ones you are currently employing. <laughs> I, just, I talk about it with other people in the clan a lot about how we would spend more money in-game if we could just buy the emotes and the costume pieces and the things that we want. Mm-hmm. And these are cosmetic things. They're not going to like affect my power at all. It's literally like an emote, right? Like, or a I would, super cool cape. Yeah, I was like, I will, I, will pop, I will buy that. Even if it's just like a shader for a cape because all of the gear pieces have, have random roll stats now. Yeah. So it's like, I guess if you want to nitpick about like what the stats would be if you bought it, but like make it just a shader then, you know, and have it change like an like an ornament, like because they have weapon and gear ornaments in Destiny. Like I'll take that. I'll buy. I'll pay real world money for those things. Just let me. Just let me, Destiny. She wants to give you money. I'm trying. I just I I've, I've been burned by the by R and Jesus in that game. Like R and Jesus is mean in that game. Yeah, it's br- it's brutal. Like, I've spent a lot God. of money on no. silver in that game and not, not gotten the the stuff that I want. You know, and it's, it's like it's, its own version of the Guild Wars Two Mystic Toilet. Yeah, and like and for the record, you don't have to buy a lot of that stuff. You can a lot of people that I play with get really cool gear as random drops, and I think that's awesome. But it makes me jealous AF. by R and Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. They are the blessed to be. Yeah. Give yeah. him more offerings, Andrea. Maybe this is my problem. Yeah. Should I just? I want to make you a candle that's an orange Jesus destiny candle. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can you really? You just I'm light it every time. We'll figure out how to do this. <laughs> I do have a ghost candle holder. Have you seen it? No. I'll show it to you. Okay. Oh it's really god. cool. Oh my god! It came with scented candles that were named oh wait, after the um, materials that you collect. Yeah. There was one like I was named there after when you got that last year. And yeah, yeah, it's nice. It was good. Cute. Yeah, it's super cute. 
Um, but yeah, sorry when you fun. said ghost, my brain went to your cat. Oh no, no, I mean like the destiny and then I, ghost. And then I, it took me a minute, and I was like, wait, no, I do know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's it. That's your problem. You got to get an orange Jesus candle. You have to light it and make put it some in offerings. the ghost and make yes. some offerings of money. Yeah, pray an offer. Pray an offer. Orange Jesus. <laughs> I just desperately want that ramen emo, but it's gone forever, probably. Oh no, never getting it again. They have a new one called uh, "This Is Fine," and it's literally like sitting at the table and the desk like lights on fire. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. <laughs> oh my gosh, so that sad. is good. Um, but yeah, it's been fun, and I've been having a really good time. I'm trying to balance playing destiny while also playing some of these games that i talked about in the previous segment that Mm -hmm. i need to catch up on um really looking forward to deep diving back into assassin's creed so expect me to talk about that in the coming weeks and also um wanting to um play more of some games that i just completely haven't spent any time with like I have Battlefield Five downloaded. I want to check out this, the, these war stories and see how they look because that was one of my favorite parts of of previous uh, Battlefield games and really Call of Duty games as well. Is like these really big kind of over the top narrative uh, first person shooter experiences. I really love those. Haven't gotten to do that. I finally got a disc of Darksiders Three. Because hey I've heard good things. Um, from some of the friends I have in the gaming industry, and so I that was one of the games I was really looking forward to. But I feel like it just kind of like went right under the radar it did, and yeah. it came out to mixed reviews mm-hmm. but all of the Darksiders games have been mixed right, and yeah. I liked the first couple so I have a feeling I will like this mm-hmm. one but it's also when again did that like game come out like last week I think Something a week ago out, two weeks really? ago mm-hmm. so I want to play that it came out at the end of November I think November 27th maybe I want to say November 27th um, oh, my 6 out of 10 on Steam 64 Metacritic it was released November 27th one but of those yeah, like I never, like. I, when yeah. you were like Darksiders 3, I was like, oh yeah, I, yeah. Remember, this, I remember The that 6 out of 10 thing. doesn't scare me because people gave um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider a 6 out of 10 too, and I really right. like oh, that really? game. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I should probably type up Smash for a little bit. Oh, yes. No, we were going to go, we were oh. going to pivot back to that for sure. Oh, okay. Because that's going to uh, figure what we would end the segment with. We can totally yes, end the segment. I've played nothing because I've been working. Yeah. Make that money. You've been working at the game of life. <laughs> I have been working at the life. game of life. <laughs> I'm very tired. I need a nap. <laughs> Tell me about Smash. Yeah, so of course, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, the big game that released, and Britney has the scoop. Kind of. <laughs> sort of. I've been home a day since it's launched, so I haven't had a heck of a time heck of a lot of time with it. I did play on the entirety of the flight back from LA from the Game Awards on the Pro Controller and the Switch. Obviously, on its little little kickstand on the airplane tray, and it played great. It runs wonderful. It's so no technical like issues with that at all. Um, I I'm so I'm not like the super duper hardcore Smash player that's going to play this all the time. Like it's all I'm going to do. Like I'm going to play Cattails a lot. Also, Smash yeah. is the kind of game that I, I like to play in like maybe an hour or two chunks in doses. At a time. Yeah. In doses, yeah, and then. I kind of get burned out on it, and, I'm like, and then you maybe a few hours later, I think, that sounds good again, and then I'll hop back in and get burned out. So I've done maybe five to seven hours of World of Light, and that's their little story, s- mode. story mode-ish, where you have the board game looking, and you kind of wander around, and you find other players, I mean, other um, characters that have been put into statues. I don't know the whole lore. It's really crazy. There's all these spirits involved, and the spirits have taken over these carbon copies of your favorite smashed characters and you have to defeat them to release the spirits. Some it's fucking Mm. weird. It's like a weird old religion. I don't even want to get involved in. So 
I it's fun. I mean, it, it, I'm playing on normal. I'm doing relatively well. I'm usually a Link main, and I haven't unlocked Link yet. So I've been playing as Mario. I just got Ness because Jason plays Ness. Like, that's his main, and he's been playing this game nonstop. Like, this is, like, his thing. Uh, it plays well. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's pretty. But I just haven't been able to do all of the things yet because I haven't unlocked all the characters yet. Does that make sense? I mean, I can still do classic mode, and I did that. That takes me, like, five to ten minutes is... So I did Ness in classic mode, and there's all these Earthbound stages and all these Earthbound characters, and that's really cute. But um, it's fine. It's good. I mean, I have no complaints with it. I just wish you had more characters. Easier options to unlock all the characters from the get-go, I think, would be good. That's the number one complaint I've seen from, from people, too, yeah. is, oh, yeah, I have to unlock all these one by one. And it's tough because it feels like... There's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if you unlock everything, then people are going to yeah. be like, but where's the point of me playing then if everything's already unlocked? And then yeah. you get the people who are like, but I, I don't have time to grind to unlock all these characters. And then you think, oh, well, maybe the solution is to keep them all gated, but then give people who don't want to spend the time grinding the option to pay to unlock. But oh, no, oh, no, yeah, don't yeah, ever no. Th- think about doing be, that. Yeah. You know, it's it feels like there's no pleasing anybody. I mm. feel like the the better option would have been instead of forcing you to play as Kirby in the world of light mode, maybe you can pick your main that you want to start with. And th- cause I feel like that would be more yeah, appealing give, to yeah, me. One choice. Like you can pick one out of all the rounds yeah. to start with and then you work your way to Cause the order that you want, you find the characters on the board. Cause you can go left, right, straight up. Like the board is huge. It's a huge world. Uh, the characters are all random. So you never know when you're going to find your main. And I think if I knew if I could go back in as link and do that, I would be more enticed to play it more often because mm. right now I was like I don't really yeah. want to play as Mario like Ness is fun but he's not my style eh oh, we're playing footsies uh, also yeah in an online mode if you could unlock your main from the get go like l- give you at least one character you can just pick that you want to start with mm-hmm. but I mean it's probably not a big deal because what you do is you do World of Light for about 10 minutes or so then you back out and then you have a random battle encounter with with one of the characters you fight them you unlock them you play World of Light for 10 more minutes back out you have another character so you can kind of cheese it that way and that's the way I've been doing it it's fine. I hope to play more over the break, over the weekend, maybe. Whatever. What's today? Wednesday? Today's Tuesday. 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 No, I, I don't have any time this weekend to play. But that's fine. You're going somewhere, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to Leavenworth in Washington. It's just really cute Bavarian. Love little. Life. Yeah, Leavenworth. I've yeah. been to Leavenworth. Oh, they have the best schnitzels. Wine tasting. I do like wine tasting in Leavenworth. Because it has your kind of wine? I don't know what it is. I think it's just being there in Leavenworth. And plus, I think I'm already kind of tipsy. Leavenworth is super cute. Yeah. It's all snowy. And there's like schnitzels and wine tasting and chocolate. come. Dude. Yes. Schnitzels and wine tasting and snow. That sounds lovely. And they have this super cute like tree they light up at every weekend. And like Santa's there and they have chestnuts. Santa? I hate chestnuts. Santa's there. Oh my gosh. We need to go to the mall and take a photo with Santa. Can oh we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God. God. So I'm going to tell a weird, creepy story because I have no game stories. It's not <laughs> even that creepy. But so Jackie and I went to a place like an Instagram thing and in LA called Fala Land. That's what it looks like. And Oh, it's so pretty. It First off, if you're going to have like an Instagram place, have better lighting. The lighting yeah, in there right? fucking sucked. It was terrible. But then there was they had an option obviously there was a Santa there you could take your photo with Santa. And only after like I stood on one side of the thing and she stood on the other side and like we looked back at the pictures and he has his arm around her and he is like not touching me. And I was like, wait, I didn't realize he was touching you. She's like, I didn't realize he wasn't touching you. <laughs> 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 creepy Santa. Creepy Santa. 
Oh, man. Anyways, I'm sorry for telling that story. Not okay. a good story. <laughs> sorry, children. <laughs> and now I want to see this photo. You um, will. I can show it to you. Okay. <laughs> Did you have any final partying thoughts on Smash, or will we, will we get an update once you've played more? Yeah, an update once I play more, because right now I don't have a heck of a lot of things to say other than it's fun, and I'm a casual Smash player who likes to play every now and again. So I can't yeah. talk about, like, buffs and debuffs and bleh. Hardcore shit. Hardcore I'll shit. talk about it once Joker's in it, and then I could play. Oh. Next year, then. You'll never see a comment. I thought that that was a great A tweet that I made during the Game Awards. What? What did I said, you say? I said, you could say we never saw it coming. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was like that a surprise announcement. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Nintendo, this is a missed opportunity. Yeah, why, why, you- why wouldn't you put that in the... Whatever, right? It's fine. It's fine. But... Anyway, it was, a, it was a fun announcement. It People was. lost their minds. Um, all right. Well, ladies, this has been great. I hope that we all get a chance to play more games throughout the rest of the month. Uh, we will, of course, I'm be looking back. forward to finally being home and like playing games. Right? I've yeah. been gone for a week. Not doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. December is like a time where you're simultaneously really busy and then not. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking forward to the knot. It's almost here. Yes. <laughs> almost. Just a couple more weeks. We got this. Then we'll take a, take a nice little break. Just like we're going to do right now. Great segue, Steimer. Ooh, yeah, good job. We have one more segment for you where we're going to be taking your questions, some from Dear WGG, some from our reader mailbag. So stick with us, everybody. We will be right back. It is the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. And for this week's segment, we decided let's catch up with some of our awesome Dear WGG write-ins over at patreon.com slash what's good games or what's good games.com slash dear WGG. Because sometimes you guys will write in and it doesn't quite fit what's happening with the news. So we don't really know where to put it into the show. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to try to catch up on a couple of those questions that came in and um, also take a look at maybe our, uh, our reader mailbag. Mailbag. So the first question we have comes from Emma Acorn. Hello to all and happy holidays. I do have a question, but I wanted to take a sliver of time for praise, heaping and goodwill spreading. I've been a fan of the pod since episode three or four and a patron not long after. Thank you. This show has been such a constant source of joy and inclusiveness for me during a time that has hit some significant lows. I saved the podcast for Monday morning so that I can count on having a few gut laughs to help me power <laughs> through the start of the work week. You ladies bring such good perspectives and insight to my favorite hobby. I honestly feel that I learned a great deal and appreciate more where my games are coming from. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. That's really sweet, Emma. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. If it's okay, I would like to give a little community shout out to a fellow fan and good friend, Carl Peterson. Carl Peterson. My dude, you are such a fantastic person, always helpful, always positive, and most importantly, always ready with a perfect red panda gif. Keep up the hustle and can never keep making those amazing and never keep making those amazing sandwiches. Never stop making never is stop. probably what she meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, do you not like Carl's sandwiches? <laughs> Carl, how are your sandwiches? Send one to us. We will test them for As you. long as they don't have Vegemite, Carl. You keep that away from Vegemite? me. Finally, a question if you get this far. Britt, oh, as Brittany. the resident co-op authority, I need some ideas. My girlfriend is taking some time off from work in grad school, and since she's been working hard on getting more letters to put behind her name, gaming has fallen. 
by the wayside. Happens. I was lucky to pick up one or two good co-op games that are just plain fun. Not Divinity. I'm not ready to test this relationship with Necrofire. Uh, Something amazing. fun and light. Necro- Thanks again for quality content, M. Necrofire. Yes, what is the best donut? Oh, do you want to answer that? What's the best I'm sorry, donut? What? Best donut. What's the best donut? In life in general? Just in life. Yes. Uh, I mean, I like a good fluffy glaze. Like, just keep it simple, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing too fancy. Or like a chocolate. I always get the chocolate frosting from uh from apple fritter apple fritter little local mom and pop donut but like i here. like light fluffy donuts i do not like cake donuts get them away from me see i i appreciate a good cake donut Mm-mm. but i'm with you that if i have to pick one donut from to have from now until the end of time simple glaze yeah. chocolate frosting yes. yeah kind of makes me mad though because they taste the best but they don't look the prettiest I wish I do wish they were a little like, you could always add like some sprinkles. They don't add, yeah. they don't change the taste that much. Yeah. But I don't like sprinkles that much. Visually? Or no, texturally. In my, in my mouth, texturally. Oh, okay. Mm. Like crunch crunch. It's like why I, I like mean, a good crunch. I'm I'm down with sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Emma. So um I have some games here that I would recommend. Now some of these depend. How how comfortable are you with your girlfriend? Are you going to kill each other? Or are you going to break up? Well, she said something fun and light. Well, that depends. But like, yeah, like, do you like an overcooked? Is so that too much? Go. Is that, yes. you know, is that Overcooked is not fun and light. It's fun, it's fun, but it's like super stressful. Okay. It's so, high stress. Start with Human Fall Flat. That one's really funny. We were playing that last night on our stream machine stream. I, I thought she was. She could have been. Sorry. I, think she was. I was I, pretty drunk. I remember. Yeah. yeah. She at least was in the happy arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the kind of game that you can't die at. It's just, let's, you know, you saw, let's just get silly and laugh at each other and how silly we all look. Uh, Super One More Jump is a game by SMG. And I talked about this months ago on the show. It's just kind of this, we had a name for it, but I don't remember what it is. It's when you keep moving, your character, you're like in a game where your character just moves and you just are in charge of making them jump. That has, the genre has a title of it or a name for it. I don't remember. The a runner? A runner. Yeah, it's like a runner. Uh, but you play at the same time. But that is a game where maybe you'll get frustrated with one another if one of you has more skill than another. So be careful with that. Um, Death Squared is a fun puzzler. And Super cute. Another yeah. SMG game. Would recommend that one. Kalimba is um, another one that's not SMG, but this is a... You make, oh, you, the puzzle game. The puzzle. You played play with Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's really fun, too. You guys have to work together to see what you're doing on because it's split screen horizontally. You see, like, who's doing one on the top and the bottom? Because what you do on the top screen affects the bottom screen, but you only you only interact with one screen, and it's it's a fun time. Uh, Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light and Temple of Osiris are really fun, too. Those are top-down games. Those are on last-gen consoles, so if you have those, would recommend it. Top-down dungeon crawlers, puzzles, super light, super fun, nothing too complicated. Um, and then I th- thought Super Mario Party would be a really good one, too. Now, these are some other co-op games that I would recommend. Um that maybe aren't light, but everyone's definition of what light is, I guess, is a little different. Like, so Borderlands 2, Diablo 3, um, A Way Out, I think, would be a good one, too. It's it's not light in the sense that it's not, like, a super happy, cheerful, oh, my God, this is so good. It's The narrative is a little bit The narrative's a little, heavy, yeah, but yeah. it's nothing too complicated, and like, it's... Gameplay-wise. Gameplay-wise, right. right, absolutely. You can just kind of play through it with and not think about it too much. Um, the other games, probably a little not what you're looking for that I wrote down. So I think that'll be a good start. Start with those. That's a nice. That's a nice list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question, Jack L. Rabbit. I have a four-year-old girl whom I attempt on occasion to introduce to the world of gaming for the cognitive benefits of the hobby. Mario, Sonic, and Crash have been the most successful forays due to simple button layouts and unidirectional level design for the few levels she can beat. However, I worry this may be the wrong approach due to the, to the industry's extreme gender skew in that era. 
So my question is, or even if, I should approach shopping for games differently for her as a little girl than I would for a boy of similar age. P.S. As a kid, I actually played that obscure, mediocre pony game on the Genesis mentioned long Crystal's ago on the Crystal's ponytail! And can confirm it has done nothing to us. I always fuck this word up. Uh, Assuage? Assuage. Assuage? I'm bad with words. Like massage. My concern for an underserved female demographic in games. Um, This is... I. Jack, I appreciate you thinking of this. Yeah. I would say if your daughter is indeed four years old, she does not have a solid construct of what gender means yet. And that, of course, is something that you should be aware of as she starts to get older. I think there's nothing wrong at all with introducing her to classics like Mario, Sonic, and Crash. Mm -hmm. I started with those. A lot of us started with those. Mm -hmm. I also loved everything that was girly i think like she's going to have an idea of what her gender definition is in within her and while you as her parent will help influence that one way or another as long as you allow her to make the choice for herself what what gender she wants to gravitate towards instead of um kind of assuming that she should be one or another i think you don't have anything to worry about but i would say other games you might want to look at spyro because i would say spyro could be gender Sam neutral like, no that makes no, me I, mad oh it was more right? just like the it was frustrating as fuck and i forgot how frustrating <laughs> older games were uh because it'd be like oh i just like bumped off i'm like grab the platform nope that's not in this game anyway sure. i was just looking up uh actually for the last question but this actually applies to this one mm-hmm. it is an older game but i think you can get it on the xbox com- like backwards compatibility stuff viva pinata i talk about uh, it all the go. time mm-hmm. viva pinata specifically trouble in paradise the first one doesn't have it trouble in paradise though is honestly almost the same as the first game uh but with a new addition of like a desert area and also co-op so you can play um with another person obviously a child this would make great sense for or somebody who's not super comfortable with gaming or like needs to get back into it because mm-hmm. it's, it's just so relaxing and so well designed that like you can kind of like both just be tending to this garden together nothing's coming after you low stress and that way actually like this would be good for your four-year-old because it would help her learn for uh, future games like it it helps you with learning how to have movement and camera manual dexterity it's the same Mm -hmm. movement in camera as like a first person shooter but you're not shooting anybody you're not running anywhere so like it helps develop those skills I would say an SNES classic, and I say this because that's kind of what I grew up on, might be a really good choice because I'm looking at the games oh, refreshing totally, my yeah. memory. Super mm-hmm. Mario World. I'm not sure what Mario game you're talking about that she's playing, but even games like Mario World, Mario Kart, even A Link to the Past where you just have free roam to just mess around. That's what I did because I also started playing games when I was five and I didn't quite know what I was doing. But I did enjoy just kind of wandering around the world and slashing things with my sword and talking to people and making my own game within that game because that's all I could really understand at that time. Um, and a lot of these, like Yoshi's Island and Donkey Kirby Kong. Superstar. Donkey yeah. Kong would be really hard, but that's okay. It would be, but it's still just fun to play. Probably a little beyond her skill level. I mean, level, she I might four. be able to do like the first level. <laughs> well, if nothing else, if she's just kind of yeah. messing around in the level and not trying to like, like survive, I yeah. don't think it really matters. But yeah. there's also a ton of mobile games than iPad games that are specifically designed for kids that this age. So I would encourage you to maybe check those out as well. Kind of like tool around in the app store. Um, Apple has been doing a really good job of curating a lot of the 
more popular games or games that they want to highlight within the app store. And so if you haven't been there to look at games in a while, it's certainly a good resource. And the touchscreen interface is something that kids pick up super quick. I have no doubt that your daughter has taken over your phone already. (laughs) So um, that might be a better place to start than with a controller and maybe wait another year or so. As Brittany mentioned, like five or six to start integrating things with dual sticks and things like that just yes. to, to keep it Starter more simple. with Viva Pinata when you get to that point. Yeah. Great, great entry point. Um, um, so this, hopefully that helps you. This next question, I think we've already actually talked about now that I'm looking at it. It's from Billy. He's essentially asking, can we give Bethesda a pass because it's Bethesda for putting out a buggy Fallout 76? And I think we've talked about this a lot. So I'm not sure if we needed to discuss Can we continue again. to be okay with Bethesda putting out buggy games is mm-hmm. essentially the question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we have answered that. Have. No, yeah. no, it's not going to okay. pass. The like, only way that what ha- happened in Fallout 76 would have been okay is if, again, I think we, I've, I've said this before. Mm-hmm. It's like, this was not a full game launch. If they were like, cool, this is like a early access thing or whatever. Like there were definitely ways they could have gone about it where this would have been acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but launching it at, at, as a full price game and then just hoping people stick with it is kind of shitty. Right. And uh, I mean, it is kind of interesting because whenever Bethesda does put out a full re- a full game like Elder Scrolls or Fallout, you do expect bugs. But typically those don't break the experience to a point where it's the game's unplayable. Yeah, they're usually funny bugs. Yeah, they're usually funny bugs. And I mean, your bugs happen. It's just going to happen. The only game that I've played that I never had a bug was freaking God of War. And I that was incredible. But like Red Dead Redemption 2 had a ton of them. Um, and I think it just kind of comes down to you don't expect a perfect game anyway, even like years after it releases, there's going to be things that are going to break. That's going to break. But to release a game like this and charge full price for it, I think is where people are like, yeah, we know you're Bethesda. We know sometimes you launch games with bugs, but this is still unacceptable. And it's whoever is giving them a pass for this is not. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't think we need to like burn them at the stake for this, of course. But like, oh. yeah, I he's I, a witch. <laughs> I think that, you know, they need to have a mea couple moment yeah. because it wasn't just the broken game. Like, there was a lot of things that went wrong. Nylon bags. Including, like, doxing people oh, by yeah. accident, right? Like, oh, there yeah, was I just a, too. one thing after another. And I would love to see them come forward and say, we're going to offer refunds for everybody, but they're not. No. But, like, right, I would like that. some in game currency. With More me. than, like, the five measly dollars Ooh. that they gave people for that nylon bag fiasco. So bad. Which, by the way, you can get your actual uh, your canvas, canvas bag, bag now if you right. go and sign up. And they have said going forward they're going to be super duper more transparent with their patch notes because they just recently did an update and they didn't, you know, they talk about they it. They didn't have patch notes? They did, but they weren't as in depth as, as, they, yeah. as the patch actually was. They didn't, oh. like, detail everything. Yeah. Don't they know that you. What? That's what people do these days. You just put the highlights at the top and then you put everything down below. Right. It's going to be fine. You would think that this is pretty standard. Right. Yeah. Um, I have a cool question from cool. Reader Mail from Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Andrea Steimer and Britt. For the first Oi. time, I'm reaching max level in a game. I'm almost done with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know a lot of people were worried about grinding and slow level progression in this game. However, I'm having the opposite problem. I picked up this game on release date and have do- dove in headfirst. I'm addicted and loving every moment. This whole month has flown by. Now I'm at level 41, and I know the level cap is 50. There's still so much for me to do in this game, but I don't want to max out before completing all the quests. I suppose I could still play quests at level 50, but not earning a XP and ability points bums me out. Shouldn't I want to play the game just to experience it? That's how we played as kids before trophies and such. Does max level ruin the experience or am I just a spoiled gamer looking for the next ability point? (laughs) 
I think that's an interesting question because I actually am one of those people where I like being the max level because I feel super powerful and Mm -hmm. I like being able to like destroy everything. But I think that she like what it seems like what she's in really enjoying is the the feedback of like oh I did a thing now here I have points yeah, right you. yeah it's a, that nice little carrot here's just, carrot I would eat your carrot yeah I never try to get max level you know in RPGs of old it was ninety nine to max level and once you're ninety nine that Final Fantasy nine oh you kick everyone's ass yes and I did that once because I just that game was but special don't you like over leveling I do like over leveling. But that's kind of where I was going with this because okay. I also d- tend to not max level. Mm-hmm. I think I did in Horizon, but that was the last game. Yeah, I do like to over level. I feel so super powerful. So I'm guessing like kind of missing like what was uh, is she spoiled? Why she's spoiled because she doesn't want to continue playing in the sense that like she doesn't want to get to the max level and still have things to do afterwards. Afterwards, because she doesn't want to complete a quest and not get any XP for oh. it. Does- does designing progression in a way that you can max up before you've completed the game ruin the experience or is she just a spoiled gamer? Oh, that's cute. I want to say she's spoiled. I think it's like, you know, different strokes for different folks, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, are you a, a journey before destination person or do you want to just have a linear experience where there's like a beginning, middle, and an end? You know, and increasingly developers are looking for ways to keep players returning to game worlds Mm -hmm. and you know dlc is no exception and that's why you get things like dlc that increases level cap which assassin's creed odyssey is doing to keep people coming back to that world yeah aren't they bumping it up yeah they did just recently with a new dlc this this email came in at the end of october got it um this is before the transmorph what did they call it i don't remember what they called it transmogrification i think yeah um, but I think it's still something to be said for the sheer amount of content in that game that you can do after you've maxed out because you clearly are going to max out if you are playing this game nonstop. Right. Even if you never go through the story progression, which you do hit like a certain wall that pushes you back to the story every once in a while, but there's just like so many things to do in that game. <laughs> it's a big game. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I'm a little nervous about when going back to it. Like, I do, I want to go through and I want to beat the story, but I know I'm going to get so distracted. I have just had to have that conversation with myself where it's like, don't even attempt 100% on this no, game. No, 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 no. Don't. <laughs> no. no. It's not for you, Andrea. <laughs> you look at other people and you pat them on the back for their job well done, but <laughs> don't you don't you even think about it. Live vicariously through them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good job, friends. So. Yes. Oh, sorry. Hmm? Why sorry? Why are you sorry? Know. You looked at me like I was supposed to have something happen. No, no. <laughs> I'm just looking at you. So I like looking at We're you. We're just looking at you because you're pretty. Oh, pretty girl. Um, do we have any other, any other things that I'm missing here? Oh, the accent. Uh, nothing I found. Okay. Well, then. Well, then. I'm pulling up the dock. Shall we have a nap and then fire the missiles? Oh, my gosh. Naps. Naps sound amazing. Mm. Food sounds really good. Food and naps together Sorry, are some of I got life's... no more gas in the tank, so I'm just going to sit I, here My and brain smile. just feels uh, like I'm in a haze. Like, I'm yeah. in the veil. Calories. They're good. People need calories to live, Simon. Did you know that? I did know this, yes. yes. I believe they taught it to me when I was a child. Yeah, it's true. True. Calories make your life better. Calories, you know, but, you know, water is more important than calories. It is. That's true. Is that my water, by the way? No, it's mine. Oh, dang. Maybe I'll... Gone. I was just going to let you two riff for a while. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to talk about, you know, middle school science. And- oh, calories. <laughs> totally fine. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to call it for this week. We hope that you enjoyed the show. We, of course, will be back with one final live show, live in air quotes, um, for uh, next week before we do our What's Good Game What's good awards? awards? Is that mm. what the final yeah, name yeah. was? What's good um, The week of Christmas, since we will be off that week, spending some time with uh, family and friends. So we look forward to hearing from you. So if you have any final Dear WGG questions to get in before the end of the year, next week is your final chance it's for 2018. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks so much for watching the show. We love you. Bye.